0: It's been National Bourbon Heritage Month the entire month of September, and we've been celebrating. And We started with the 1792 small batch. That's what they start. They kick off the big festival in Kentucky. That's what they start with. And then we did the Henry McKenna, the 10-year, the bottled in bond. And then we did the Woodford Reserve, Distillers Select. But if you're going to end the month, National Bourbon Heritage Month, you end with the bourbon that makes people ask, what's all the hubbub about? And the answer is, There's some real good-to-honest and honest-to-goodness hubbub going on here. (laughs) You end with Blanton's. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke, everybody. Great to be with you where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur
1: drinker, Fingers Malloy, right there. And let me tell you, for some of us, every month is National Bourbon Heritage Month. Look at you. A
0: great, great American. But this is it. In the Glencairn glass, that's the kind of... Uh, silhouetted glass that lets you get a better understanding of what you're looking at. That's what you're supposed to test in. What's That's this called?
1: The Glen Ross glass? glass? Not a gl- no, no, no. no. no.
0: Always, always bourbon closing. That's correct, though. This, from the people at Buffalo Trace, is Blanton's. This is the one that you can never find. This is the one that practices scarcity. This is the one where you're like, ooh, I can find Blanton's. I buy it. But is it worth buying? That's what we're going to break down today. So when we uh, do the Blantons here, when we do any bourbon, we always start it neat and then we move it to a cube. This is 93 proof. So there are bigger, bolder bourbons out there. But this has one of the most wonderful noses that's out there. This mix of car- caramel and, and and vanilla that just works with, with a touch of citrus, a touch of spice, and you pick up everything
1: on the nose. And there's no, you know, you, you've you described it before as an ethanol medicinal, or medicinal. And um, I've got a story about medicinal. Okay. Can I tell a story Absolutely. about medicinal? Because we've talked
0: about it before that sometimes you'll get from uh, big bourbons and, 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 and big proof bourbons, you'll get that medicinal kind of thing, which some people describe as ethanol. And I describe it as, as, as uh, medicinal. And someone said to me, you're thinking of it wrong. And the reason you call it medicinal is because when you smell, and all the smells that you could take in, remember, you only have five pieces of taste, but you got unlimited, really, in terms of smell. You're relating it to something back in your history. Usually, when you were a kid and you were having that medicine <laughs> and it was medicinal. Robot doesn't? doesn't? So, what you think of as medicinal, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're already putting yourself in a place ask yourself what it is ask yourself what that flavor is really representing other than something in your history which i thought was a really really cool way it does to look make at
1: sense it. because you know so many of your memories are triggered by smell smell so that does make a lot of sense
0: so this is 93 proof this is a, a lighter than some in terms of the color but this is a perfect amber i mean that's the only way to describe uh, the color right here it does not necessarily leave any type of Uh, coating on the glass, so this is not a syrupy at all. But when I talk about citrus on the nose, when I talk about vanilla and caramel on the nose, it's there in an
1: equal proportion. It's beautiful. It smells wonderful. It really does. Like if I were into candles or potpourri, Tony, this is what I would want. Blanton's potpourri, I would pay for. I would
0: too. Pay for. And one of the other things about Blanton's that they do so well is they do the marketing of Blanton's brilliantly. People will know Blanton's from the horse on, on top. What they don't know is that next to the horse, that that hind quarter right there, there's a letter. Ah. That's the S. There are all the letters of Blantons from the horses, and the horses are in different parts of the stride. And so people collect Blantons to be able to collect the top, and then they have these staves where you can put in the individual tops, and it spells out Blantons, and it's the horse in perfect stride. That's brilliant marketing.
1: I love hobbies.
0: Right? (laughs) That is brilliant marketing. You ready to do this? Absolutely. We are doing the Blanton's 93 proof. Are you ready to go? I certainly okay. am. We do it neat. Fingers is is getting ready. He's taking this sip right there. What would you call that? What would you call it? That's the that's the Kentucky Chew. The
1: Memphis Munch? It is not called that. Oh, that's that's, that's Here amazing. We go. Here we go. Here we go. It's amazing. You get the uh, first of all there's it's it's so smooth. There's no burn. Uh, the 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 caramel is there. The citrus is there. Uh, very smooth. Like I said, no sting on the tongue at all. No burn going down uh, that I'm noticing, Tony. What what, what are your thoughts? I wouldn't call it a
0: sting. There's a tingle. That's a big, big difference because a sting is intense. This just lets you know that it's there. I always do two sips to kind of get a feeling of where I'm at. The citrus in the Blantons is for me just special and it's orange and it's prominent and it's there. You have a wonderful, easy finish. You feel it a touch as it goes down the throat, but it's not really resting in the chest. Maybe in the lowest part of the chest, you'll feel a slight bit of heat. This, this may very well be worth the hype voicing and girls, this is a fine piece. And Fingers, you've got it right. This is not going on a cube. No. I may throw an ice chip in, but right now what this is going to be, this is going to be some chilled water. Just to open it up and really allow the bourbon to, to
1: show you what it's all about, what it's all made of. Now, I'm really noticing, too, after the first sip, uh, the vanilla. There's a little bit of vanilla that's really coming out. Uh, that I, you know, you, you got it on the nose, but I'm I'm really getting the vanilla now after the fact. That I, you know, before it was kind of more citrusy and uh, the, the caramel, but now sitting here, I was like, oh, there's the vanilla.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a wonderful sweet that overtakes the palate when when you're done when you've let it sit for a while, and you should don't sip and sip and sip. Take a couple sips, put it down, see what it's telling you, and see where it's taking you. And it is, it is that is that vanilla. It is that. Um, that, that sugar, really it, like, like a sugar sweet that hits the top of, of the palate, and you still in the, in the throat have the citrus. Man, that's a wonderful, wonderful
1: combination. Well, so now the question needs to be asked, Tony. What are we looking at for a bottle of this stuff?
0: If you can find it, <laughs> the MSRP is $55. Oh. If you can find it, when we say they play with scarcity, they do a very good job of either not producing enough or not having it in all the places, and people search for it and look for it and try to find it everywhere. There's no doubt that Blanton's is something that... Blanton's is the perfect gift. Blanton's is the perfect, you know, congratulations, the perfect mazel tov, the perfect, hey, here you go. I could argue that there are people who don't have it in their liquor cabinet because they're not going to go through the bother of the search. right. But if you found it, it'd be in your liquor cabinet, but it wouldn't be out. It would be in the back where only (laughs) you and a friend know it exists. A good
1: friend. (laughs) Uh, But I I would think at that price point, Tony, even though this is not something that's readily available uh, to the general public, it's it's not raining uh, bland. Oh, no.
0: It's totally available to the general public. It's just hard to find. That's what
1: I mean. It's hard to find in your your local liquor store. I wouldn't. Think at that price point, it would be ridiculous expense, ridiculously expensive if you found it at your favorite. That's a good bar.
0: question. I don't know if liquor stores at a premium because of the scarcity element. It's it's possible. It's certainly possible. I just don't know if, if that's the case. Now I put a little water into this, and I'm and it's making me say you want to have uh, an ice chip. You wanted a, just a little more chill on there, but the orange, the 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 sugar uh, on the palate. There's a touch on the exhale of a floral going on. I'm absolutely excited by what this brings and how it works. So the the hype is real, boys and girls. Blanton's is doing something very, very special. Good way to kick off the final week of National Bourbon Heritage Month. Blanton's, if you can, check it out for yourself and check out the thing about the horses. It's very, very cool. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. turns out the movie demolition man sylvester stallone sandra bullock uh it may be right that the restaurant wars will be won by taco bell <laughs> because who knows what restaurants are gonna be open post-coronavirus eat drink smoke tony katz america's favorite amateur drinker fingers Malloy right there was on- taco bell
1: today you know how's, how's the atkins going oh fantastic i asked them for atkins tacos uh without the atkins and uh, so there were. It was raining taco shells and meat. And you cheese. tell me how
0: much you spent at Taco Bell. I'll tell you what. How much you got? I'll tell you how many food items you got. I got, I spent seven dollars and three cents. You bought the entire store. <laughs> is that not? Is that
1: not how Taco Bell works? Uh, it's inflation, Tony. So what'd you get? I got the uh, hard shell taco supreme supreme combo. Right. With a Baja Blast because I you know. It's, it's it completely off the wagon with the, the car right. thing.
0: You were, you were three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You lost 30 mm-hmm. pounds yes. doing this. 32. And then you're like, you know what? I feel too good about myself. <laughs> let's, slow, let's slow this baby up. I've
1: gained, I've gained nine pounds back. My God. Why? Why do you hurt me like this? Uh, you know, it's just more fun to be fat, Tony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a story about the food fads from when you were born. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing about fast food that we'll get to. What developed when in the world of fast food and how long things have been around? Like, if you were born in 1958, and we'd love you if you were born in 1958, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut started way back when, and now you will never, ever, ever be able to do a buffet at a Pizza Hut again. That's over.
1: It's it makes me gone. sad. I mean that was so huge growing up you know in, in the eighties that would you know mom and dad would take me to the, the Pizza Hut buffet and you know we just go to go town. crazy Now those in, days are over and gone.
0: 61 that was Whataburger for my, my Texas folk uh, over there 1964. If you were born in 64, it's the year of the original chicken sandwich at Chick fil A, nineteen sixty five. McDonald's found religion, brought the filet of fish. <laughs> Into town, and in '67, gave you the Big Mac. 1969, the year of Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Fingers, Malloy. Did mm-hmm. you want to say something about Big Macs? Did you have a. It's a- the perfect sandwich.
1: What? The Big Mac. Really? It's the it's the, the perfect fast food burger, in my mind, except the patties should be a little bit bigger. But other than that, the two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed, bun. It's- Perfection,
0: Except that it should be bigger.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah, the meat should be bigger. Every once in a while, they'll come out with the the Super Mac or whatever they call it. uh, I don't know what they call it. uh, The the, the patty is 30% bigger. And for some reason, I'm demonstrating to you with my hands how much bigger it is. Because that's really effective on radio. (laughs)
0: Like a dream come true. (laughs) 1969, uh, Wendy's comes into play. 1971, the classic roast beef from Arby's. When's the last time you had Arby's?
1: Uh, three because,
0: weeks ago. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! They I want- have
1: they have the jalapeno poppers, Tony, with the cranberry like sauce. So you, you don't go it. to
0: Arby's for the meats; you go for yeah. the jalapeno poppers. Absolutely, as a side instead of fries. I prize, still haven't tried out the. Uh, I still haven't tried the uh, the by the pounds. I haven't tried the meats by the pounds. I well, want to.
1: It's not available here. I'll
0: try it only Canada, uh, Atlanta. Oh, it's Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta. Uh, Al- Atlanta, Canadians. It's the same <laughs> thing. 1972, a fine year. Fingers and <laughs> like mm-hmm. fine year. The Munchkin from Dunkin' Donuts. I have never had a Munchkin. The little donut hole.
1: It's a oh, Dunkin' Munchkin. is that what they call it? Why don't they just call it a
0: donut hole? Because that would be too easy. <laughs> you never had a Munchkin. 1973 brings you the Quarter Pounder. 1974 brings you the Egg McMuffin. This is foreshadowing, everybody. You have to keep listening. I would not lie to you about a thing like this. The Egg McMuffin is the perfect food. If you fed me a full Thanksgiving dinner... With every course you could think of. And at the end you said, and after the pie. Oh, after the pie and the pumpkin bread. And you said to me, would you like an Egg McMuffin? Like Mr. Creosote in History of the World, Uh Part 1. I would be like, no, meaning of life, not history of the world. That's Mel Brooks. I'm talking Monty Python, meaning of life. Like Mr. Creosote at the restaurant who wanted the
1: waffle-thin mint, I'd be like, yes, please. Oh, see, to me, it's not even the best breakfast sandwich at McDonald's. You're insane. The sausage McMuffin with egg is the best breakfast sandwich because apparently in COVID-19 days, McDonald's decided to get rid of their bagel sandwiches, which are steak, egg, and cheese bagels. Foreshadowing.
0: Fantastic. We say no more about the breakfast sandwiches. We moved to 1976- Taco Bell brought you the Bell Beefer. Have you ever had a Bell Beefer? That was my (laughs) was. Is that Uh, your name
1: on Tinder? (laughs) If I go to Tinder, I I stopped myself. But you just went ahead and went there. Uh, I don't remember any sandwiches at Taco Bell. Never having a sandwich.
0: How about the McRib? 1981. Oh, do you like the McRib? I do. I haven't had him forever, but I loved the McRib. Abs saucy and wrong and not really meat and every part of it just exceptional.
1: <laughs> I you know I look forward to the McRib release because it's what is it only once a year maybe twice a year it's not quite like the Shamrock Shake mm. but it's maybe twice a year the McRib comes out and I rush out to get one and then I rem- it reminds me why Shamrock Shake we do as a family every year we go get Shamrock Shake with fries right because you got uh, to no
0: dip no we just actually get the Shamrock Shake oh you don't do the dip yeah I would I would but you know. We did this when, when when the kids were super small and they couldn't have done two things at once. They were just so happy to get a shake. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with themselves. You mean I get my own shake? And then we realized that we got like this like four and six year old. Their own shakes were like we're terrible parents. So now you now they now they get their own. But uh, we had after years after that we'd split it for them. Oh, it well, they, they happen till four o'clock in the morning?
1: Uh, no, they would sleep. <laughs> but like we just
0: knew we were just just so wrong. Nineteen eighty four. The year that changed McDonald's for forever, the McDLT.
1: Oh, you got a hot side, hot and the cool side, cool. That's right. And, and George Costanza was in the commercial. Yeah, he was. He was singing the song. What was Absolutely What's positively. his real name? Oh, Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander is yes, yes, his name. Yes, that's his name. I'm that's sure he loves to be called George Costanza.
0: He, uh, the, the residual checks keep coming in. Right. He does not care in the slightest. 1988, Pan Pan from Little Caesars, which I think has the best gig going. Five bucks, hot and ready. You walk in, you walk out with pizza.
1: And a lunch combo, by the way, that's really good. It's basically four pieces of pan pizza and a pot for five bucks. You've you, Did you have that for I've, lunch? I've had that once or a thousand times, yes. <laughs>
0: 1991 McDonald's, the McLean Deluxe. 91% uh, fat free. Yeah, that didn't last long. Yeah, it didn't. I don't remember it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I remember, I don't think I ever had it, but according to this, it was, they bind, they would bind the water to beef with
1: seaweed extract to make it more juicy. I'm sure they put that in the commercial to sell people. Right. <laughs> Sounds right. terrible.
0: 1993, McDonald's brought the McLobster oh, stop to it. us all. I don't remember that. One. Only in Maine, I guess.
1: Yep. The luxury lo- was in Canada and New England in the summer when lobsters are abundant I'm thank sure you that was only the the best of the best when it comes to lobster meat
0: 1996 Wendy's brought in the spicy chicken sandwich starting the spicy chicken sandwich wars in the year 2000 Starbucks brings you the frappuccino which is not a meal but yet has more calories than a meal
1: do you you, you don't get into the fancy coffee drinks do you
0: no, uh, no, uh, Americanos, cappuccinos, but the iced coffee with like caramel. Not and my style. Vanilla no, and... I can
1: appreciate them, but not my style. Yeah, it's it's a dessert drink.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just it's if I, if I'm going to do that, I want the food. Like I want I want actual actual food. Now I said there's foreshadowing. Just stick around for it. McDonald's breakfast foreshadowing. I've said too much. This is eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your food bourbon cigar radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. It is Blanton's today, people, for National Bourbon Heritage Month. And it's doing the job. The vanilla, the caramel, that orange citrus that's going on right there. It is absolutely worth the while. If you can find it do have it. You're adding a chip there. Yeah, I am by. adding
1: a chip. But you are right. This is something that I would want in my liquor cabinet, but it's not one of those spe- – it's a special occasion bottle in my mind, but not I'm breaking this bottle out for the night for a special occasion. This is a special occasion glass, just right. one glass of it because it is so hard to find. But it's it's doing us just
0: absolutely wonderful. I did put a chip on there not a full cube just open up a little bit give it a little bit of chill and it's working just splendidly it is time for the news of the week
1: fingers Malloy. we don't have a theme song yet news of the week there you go i sing like an angel uh tony president trump announced new restrictions for american travelers going to cuba barring them from purchasing rum and tobacco or staying in cuban government Funded hotels. Yeah, first the
0: problem with the Cuban government-funded hotels is isn't that all the hotels. This is so new; it's kind of hard to figure out where this is going to go. So this is through the Treasury Department, and they made the, these uh, changes, and the changes are the importing of Cuba-origin alcohol and tobacco right? They don't want you attending certain events and stuff, so that's the political side of it, and, and it's all political. I mean, you can't avoid this one. It was President Obama who wanted to create some level of normalization with Cuba, saying that, you know, the embargoes and everything else didn't work, and so therefore allowed certain levels of these of these imports, best way to put it, and it's President Trump turning that back. So there is a very large political component here that I'm going to save for another time. I mean, I... I Everybody knows that, that I, I do radio, right? I do a morning show in Indianapolis. I do a syndicated midday show. I do TV and, and, I, and I commentate. I can go down this, this, this rabbit hole. And, and one of the questions is, do you want to engage with normalization with a communist nation? And then the follow-up is, well, then what do we do about China? And that's where it really starts to get off the rails. you got to be able to spend the time and get heavy into it. I want to stick with cigars and rum specifically. In, in, in this case... I don't think it changes the cigar industry half a click, because I think that the majority of people still getting their Cuban cigar, right, still getting their Romeo Julieta, still getting their Cohiba, are getting that when they're on vacation from other places where they're going to be able to to come back from. The, I don't know yet whether or not um, the, you're going to see uh, the the people who maybe go to the Dominican or travel overseas to Europe, not be able to bring things back. I don't see that as the real crackdown. I think this is specific to trying to do something about Cuba. Now, what's interesting, and and I was, I was reading your, your article there, Fingers, uh, it applies also to Venezuela and Nicaragua, and they discuss it as a political move regarding communism. Nicaragua is where I start to get the little bit of heebie-jeebies because how many cigars do I love from Esteli? So there's a real fine line in here. Now, here's something else I noticed. I reached out to a couple people. Hey, what do you think of this? I have never heard so much radio silence in my life. People don't know what to make of this, so they're not commenting publicly. There's already a big FDA fight regarding cigars, and some of the rules have been pushed back, which is very, very good for cigar manufacturers right now. There's there's something underneath this that has a couple of people in cigar land a touch worried, but I don't know enough yet to know how worried, or if that's just because this news just came out. They're just being cautious until they figure it out. See, I
1: still wonder, too, how, what what the impact is of this and how it will be regulated. You know, there were being from Michigan, I would have friends that would go to Canada and load up on Cuban cigars and bring them over the border, and it wasn't a big deal. Uh, you know, the, the way it, the, the statement reads from the Treasury Department, it's like, you are not allowed to do that, at least the, the way I read this, which— you know, maybe you weren't supposed to do it before, but it just people were just turning their head the other way when you were bringing the right. cigars over over the border from Canada. Um, I had a, a really interesting conversation with uh, when I was down in Texas, a guy that uh, works at the cigar vault in in, uh, in Kyle, Texas, uh, Kirby, hey, how you doing if you're listening? Uh, he was talking about. <laughs> how we've, we've had these discussions before about Cuban cigars, Tony, where, you know, that's kind of like the forbidden fruit. You know, cigar shop owners will will say, hey, uh, we'll have at least two guys a week say, hey, wh- where are your Cubans? Come on, you got to have a Cuban uh, somewhere. Uh, but there's so many great products from other countries. Oh, God, yes. That, uh, you know,. Uh, a Cuban cigar, while it, because it's 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 something that isn't easy easily accessible, you could see the demand for it in the United States. But rum, Cuban yeah. rum, is supposed to be absolutely fantastic, uh, and you you don't hear much about that being brought back to the states. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from alcohol consumers who've had Cuban rum before if they are upset by and, this.
0: And it, it's important. This is about Cuban origin. Cuba-origin alcohol and tobacco products. So when I talk about I don't see them stopping the things coming across the border, I still mean it. It's not like I think people go to Cuba and stock up and, and fly back and they're stopping that. There's also a question, again, I don't want to get political on the thing. It's an election year. And is this all about getting the state of Florida on board by moving this message about Cuba? It's going to get asked. It's gonna. I the feeling I get is that it's toothless, but everybody's kind of waiting to see: is it really toothless? I think that's where it's at. So when I say people are kind of like on the fence, they don't want to. They don't want to go too far, too quick. I think that's why.
1: I don't want to get too political here, <laughs> right? It's hard, but I mean, it's happening, and it affects the things that we love. I just wish this no- announcement would have been made a while ago if they were going to do this instead of, what, six weeks out from an right. election. It just looks a little... You just, you just kind of shrug your shoulders a little bit. When it is make. what it is. Yeah. Next story. Tony, we've talked about how uh, COVID-19 has impacted... COVID-19, what's that? Right? Has impacted uh, the American people's choices when it comes to uh, going to restaurants. And uh, we've speculated that maybe... The, the middle tier, the middle class of restaurants may be hurting versus the high end and the low end. Well, the casual
0: dining restaurants,
1: yes. as they're called. Um, stock analysts are boosting their ratings and targets for fast food companies in large part due to their drive throughs and cheap menu options, which are likely to encourage frequent visits. Um, they're also downgrading companies like Darden uh, Corporation, where they own... Uh, Olive Garden, right, and Longhorn, I believe, Steakhouse, and some of these these middle of the road steak, uh, you know, or restaurants where people it's dine in, but it's not the high end steakhouse. Tony, so it's starting to shake out. To maybe we were right in our analysis. I think I think we were that you know I didn't see at the
0: beginning people were going to use like DoorDash and Grubhub. For, for quick service, but it makes perfect sense that they were using, of course, the drive-throughs for quick service. It also makes perfect sense that people aren't going to spend their money in that middle casual dining sector. They're going to cook at home, and when they go out, they're going to go out well and big. And most of those fine dining places, you know, you could, of course, mention something like Ruth's Chris. They're, always, they're usually like individually owned kind of places, smaller groups that you wouldn't necessarily maybe see a stock from this makes sense and we did have this one accurate bad bad news for the Chili's and the Applebees and the right and and, and all of those kinds of places you mentioned Texas Roadhouse and, and those kinds of places this is but we've seen history is replete with examples of cultural shifts and changes that that take place and I'm not surprised. That this one is coming, but to see them so, and by the way, heavily targeting increases in the fast food—it's really
1: incredible. Well, and you know, they're maybe they're a little bit slower to adapt, Tony. I mean, we've seen chains like, say, Golden Corral buffet chains that are trying to maneuver in uh, the—I hate to say—new world we live in, but the, the the new age, but kind of going away from the the buffet style and more to the. You know order and 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 deliver i don't know what you'd call that a regular restaurant a regular kind of restaurant thing? kind of thing yes that's, exactly that's how they say it in is the latin that, that's that's how they talked about it in the stock market today
0: no i mean i i don't also believe in the words new normal it drives me absolutely crazy but you do as a business owner have to accept your reality and here's the reality it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon this is eat drink smoke conversation of trends is going to be the big buzzword going into 2021. What has coronavirus done to trends? We've been going over it, We've gone over it with liquor. We've gone over it with uh, cigars, talking about uh, a casual serve versus a quick serve restaurants, eat, drink, smoke, everybody. Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy hotels, because what the analysts are seeing is that when people are going on any level of vacation, any level of vacation, they're staying away from hotels, and going to vacation rentals and that's disaster for the hotel industry i'm not opposed to vacation rentals and getting the house i guess they assume it's safer right i, I mean it's safer because i'm sure there are more video cameras that are hidden around the place okay here's yeah right
1: <laughs> there's always scares me that. i do, i check the vents i'm not i am that guy well, I was just in a hotel recently, and the first thing I did was and not that anybody's looking for you know nudes of me, but I took uh, Kleenex and I stuffed it in the people. Yeah, because you don't want an exposed peephole. Time. Right, right. No one wants to be Aaron Andrews. Right, exactly. But I okay. Here's the deal with uh, these the Airbnbs of the world, and by the way, Airbnb would be a fantastic sponsor of the Drake Smoke Radio program. Right. Uh, but uh, and this, and I freely admit, Tony, this is a character flaw of mine. I, I was at an Airbnb uh, for a political conference in in Washington DC is that and, right And yeah and I uh, rented the place and I spilled some mouthwash on the bathroom they had like a fuzzy white mat and I spilled green mouthwash on the mat. If that would have been a hotel, I would have been like, ah, stick it to the man, Tony. But you know, it it was an Airbnb and I'm worried about my rating and oh my gosh, it's somebody's house. So I'm down there at seven o'clock in the morning trying to get the green... Mouthwash out of the white mat. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm not doing any kind of vacation rental where I have to worry about every little thing and make sure I pick up after myself. When Did they I leave. leave for it? No, I, I got to clean it. And that was probably cleaner <laughs> than it was before I got there.
0: I have never done an Airbnb. I, I've never been, I never had a reason to put it together. I will tell you, I price line like a mother, though. When I was traveling, like, I would be in New, in, in New York, like, Once, once every month, doing stuff. I'd be in D.C. I'd be in Los Angeles doing doing book stuff, and and I, uh,
1: Priceline, done out. I don't even think like it breaks my heart that it appears as though Priceline has gotten rid of the name your own price. I don't, I don't see it anywhere on the app anymore. It's all, you know, they do the express deal instead, right. which is a lot like what Hotwire used to be. Mm-hmm. But I used to love the name your own price, and uh, I, I don't see it there anymore. I find that you can't find it on the site, but you can find it on the app. That's
0: what my discovery has been. But I, I found that the express deals very often were just easier to deal right. with right? I, was I going to save the extra 6 or $7 a night per room or was I just going to be done with this thing already? And I went with done
1: with this thing. <laughs> well, what's great about the express deal is a lot of times they'll kind of give you a hint as to, you know, right. oh, the last person that booked this, it was a Holiday Inn. Which why well, the Holiday Inn would make a great sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke, Wouldn't Radio they? program.
0: Um, sometimes they'll say it's one of these four hotels. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you pick which one is the crappiest. You're like, it'll be that hotel. <laughs> Can I live with that? And then I go to it. The other things uh, people are doing is road trips not too far from home. That makes perfect sense, and I could totally see that. What I don't see are people – is a road trip a day trip, or is a road trip – are you really packing up the family to go stay in a motel somewhere for the weekend or an Airbnb just for a couple of days? No,
1: that's a week-long thing. Like I, A couple of times in the last few years, I've loaded up the car and taken the family to Florida. You know, right. rented a van and because i mean airfare because you hate yourself well, and love torture there, there's that but airfare was ridiculous but uh you know now i can see where people would want to do the shorter trip uh you don't want to go too far away because uh, listen I, I worried about this when i went on my trip a couple of weeks ago what if you find out that you should be quarantined if someone in your family got a positive test result and all of a sudden you are six states away and you, right you, they're not gonna let you hop on a plane you know it's 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 just wild times you know in right what now.
0: I think I don't know if anybody is actually following not that they shouldn't I just don't know how much they are following you know there was a moment where you where no matter where you walked in no matter where you were someone was checking your temperature right I don't know if that's true anymore here in our Indiana the governor just you know decreased a lot of of uh, the rules you know and and you, there's still a mask mandate which is a whole thing in and of itself, but decreased some of the rules. And for for Indiana, we've been like, well, why hasn't this happened for forever? And hello, all the people in Indiana listening on WSHY and, and Lafayette. Uh, the Patriot one hundred four point three. four point three. I think people are saying oh, we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to try our best to go have a good time. I just wonder how many people are road tripping for a weekend thing. Is that is that happening a lot
1: right now? Right now, I would think the if if you have no worries about your job and you know you, there's uh, you know you're, you're financially okay, I could see where people are doing it because gas prices are still ridiculously yeah. cheap and hotel rooms. There are so many bargains out there if you're willing to do a hotel room versus uh, say an Airbnb. But it makes you wonder, based on what we're seeing in the trends, according to Forbes, if now Airbnb prices are going up, 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 up. Mm-hmm
0: a very very crazy story about fatherhood this took place in new york and it's a car dealership and there is a guy there with his three kids at the car dealership he's sitting on the couch sitting on the couch and for whatever reason there's a guy who walks into the car dealership and starts shooting Oh my goodness. Start shooting in a car dealership. He's on the couch. He and he's got his his three kids on the couch. And you see him, you see uh, this guy grab his kids, throw them to the ground and jump on top of them. He actually got shot in the thigh. He's going to he's going to be uh, be okay. Never mind why are people shooting up a car dealership? Fathers, cuz I I asked myself, and the answer is I can say without question, there is no doubt I'm jumping on top of my kids. There is no doubt. But, like, you got to look at that and say, like, it's one thing to say you would do it, it's another thing, another thing altogether to do it when the moment comes and to have that, to be able to make that your very, very first thing. This story is unbelievable. There's video of it over at TMZ.
1: It's frightening and amazing. Uh, you, you just would hope that that's your instinct, right? That that yeah. you, there's just no thinking. This is what you do. Other than if he's close enough, try to you know charge him and, and grab you know you tackle him or something. But obviously, instinct would take over. You would think, you would hope, and that, you know you would jump on your kids and cover them. So, uh, God bless them, and it's I just, hope he's he'll, he'll recover. It, it it's soon. just
0: for whatever reason, I know it has nothing to do with cigars or bourbon, but it has to do with you know so much of what you the 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 people who have the right instinct the people who do uh, these right things and some people might be like well you're a father I mean what else what else are you gonna do and you and I both know that not everybody does it right right and so when you see it uh to applaud it to reward it to be like that's that's fantastic I mean that you gotta see the video it, it's it's crazy it's 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 awful and crazy and amazing I just well, I don't know it if just, he hadn't it struck have, me.
1: if he hadn't have done that you wouldn't fault him if he would have just if he if he would have uh, just frozen if he just froze out of out of shock before he hopped on the kids how are you going to condemn you're not just I, I, expecting yeah, to I, sit in a, a car dealership and have that
0: happen no you don't and I don't and I don't think I would con- condemn the dude but of course it would have been a much bigger story right if he had if he had frozen or something like that would be a much much. A bigger story it's, it's just I don't know it, it, it struck me as something I, I wanted uh, to share just like I want to share good news Fingers Molloy huh? um, Kraft is now making pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese why why, why? You hey hate man me. clearly you hate me see people taking care of their kids pumpkin spice mac and cheese uh, tell me you're not happy Tell me you're not feeding this to
1: the children tonight. Is, is there, I don't understand how there, is there somewhere uh, the lab boys at Kraft, are they saying to themselves, you know what would be really great? If we combined pasta with cheese and pumpkin spice. And that's a medley that everyone would enjoy. It's like there's a party in your mouth and everyone's invited. What a fantastic combination. So you're saying you're not going to have this? No. Wow. I'm not having your it. Your hatred of pumpkin spice is overwhelming. The
0: Blanton's people. Yeah, you might want to get that in your liquor cabinet. It's doing quite all right. This is E Drink Smoke. There are names you know in cigars and names that you don't, and you gotta try the names that you don't to find what it is you like. Great people creating incredible products. One of those people is a name Arturo Fuente that you know. But Casa Cuba, the Florfina, the Double Sace, yeah. I didn't think you knew it. This is eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. I am Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this is the Casa Cuba, a double sace. D o b l e, is uh, I'm, I think I'm pronouncing it right. I'm pretty sure I am. This is a lovely smoke for the feel. I'll get into why. Uh, that is. Cigar Aficionado certainly loved it. I said that I have a a, uh, a a mental block against Arturo Fuente, so I've been trying. I've been actually searching them out, finding different things uh, that they do. This is an Ecuadorian wrapper, a Dominican in the binder and uh, filler. The size here is a, uh, a 6 by 52 What in the world does that mean? I'm happy to explain it to you. 6 refers to the fact that it's 6 inches long. Does that make you laugh, Fingers Malloy? T. And fifty-two is the ring gauge. How thick it is around? T. It always, always makes him smile. So a sixty-four ring gauge is a full one inch around. Fifty-two, I find to be a very, very good mouth feel. Yeah, you're, 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 you're smoking it. It's got to be comfortable to do this. while I don't think it's meant to be. There's a touch of box press feel, yeah. going on in here, which is kind of great. The box press, by the way. Comes from the rollers of Cuba, who didn't want their cigars rolling away, so they box pressed them. They squared them off so it would sit perfectly on 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 their shelf right there. This is a very very easy smoke. I think I'll say that this is in the medium kind of kind of range. Uh, I think that I think that's that's uh, fine, um, you know. But uh, in in the main, I think this is more in the mild medium uh, right there. I think there is a lot of. Uh, of a brighter earth kind of flavors going on in here. There's a bit of spice, especially with that Dominican. And there's also a tremendous amount of smoke that comes off this, a nice yeah. cream smoke that comes right off the top. We just started. We always break our cigars into thirds. First third, second third, final third, when we're reviewing them. Where are you at, Fingers? Well,
1: I'm noticing right away yeah. um, in the first third there is that spice, but it's not an overwhelming spice. But it's it's definitely a, a, a you know it's the spicy kind of pepper that you, you get from... Uh, this cigar, uh, you notice that right away. Also, kind of the earthy notes, um, the the feel of the cigar. It, it feels really good in your hand, doesn't it? Feels it feels
0: good in the hand, right? It's got a solid construction to it. You can actually well make out the leaf, which is something I personally enjoy. But feel it itself. That is oily right yeah. there. Now, I often say I like it with a touch of grit. This is working because uh, for me, I'm feeling uh, the leaf. And it's it. That's a personal thing. While it, I don't know if it makes a single bit of difference to how you're smoking it, but I do the oily that you want. Those oils you want to be able to experience it, and it's a cigar that's going to sit on a shelf in a cigar in a cigar store, a cigar lounge, wherever you are, and people are going to be like, "Oh no, I need to go to the more fancier thing." Oh, a uh, Casa Cuba wrong wrong and wrong you need to experience it you need to try it there's a lot of wonderful going on here for a very easy
1: to take in cigar and you know the thing that I am really noticing from this stick you mentioned the smoke and how much smoke is coming off of this not only from the foot but I haven't I haven't had a draw of this in, in at least 45 seconds to a minute there's smoke coming out of the cap right? <laughs> This is a smoky, smoky cigar.
0: It's really wonderful. And when I tell you, it's almost slick in the hand, but it feels right. Uh, a 52, I think, is a good ring gauge. 52, 54 is, is where I am on average. I am a fan of the Lanceros, so I don't mind getting into the, in, in into those smaller ring gauges. Um, but it is slick. It is slick. It's something you're staring at the smoke. Uh, yeah, look at, look at the cap. Staring at the smoke. Should it be smoking from the cap there, Josh? <laughs> Josh, Josh, at Blend uh, Cigar Bar where we record in Indianapolis approves. It's okay if it smokes out from the cap. He's given us the, the the nod. What makes this cigar work is that there are fe- This feel, this silkiness, you s- people spend money on.
1: The MSRP
0: is eleven bucks. Oh,
1: all day, every day. It's 11 point.
0: bucks, so this is uh, perfect for the bachelor party. This is perfect for the golf course. This is perfect for the, hey, you need something to just hand out. This is perfect for always have a few in the humidor. This is that cigar because it's also a good all-weather cigar. I would say that the spice is now hitting me just a touch more than I thought it would. I'm curious in the second, third, if we get more of that sweetness, uh, that that. I think is going to come uh, from this, but that spice is there, not an overwhelming, but monochromatic. It's a monotone spice, not saying that that's bad, but it's not like you can catch a couple different flavors from it. There's one.
1: I I think that if this is the the kind of cigar that if you're a beginner, you'll enjoy. If you're someone that has been smoking cigars for years and enjoy cigars, you'll definitely like it. I don't know, but I don't know if I would give this to someone who's never had a cigar before.
0: Um, maybe I would. What I would say is that this is actually, and by the way, it's the first Casa Cuba I've ever had. This is actually a very good palette builder, I think. You if think? you're trying to build yourself and be able to digest some of those flavors, this is a nice way to do it, especially at $11, $12 a, a stick. You're going to be able to say, you know what, it's worth the spend. I can take my time with it, take my notes with it, and really see where, you know, I, I pick up some easy-to-pick-up flavors, by the way. Write it down. Grab a notebook and write it down. Write down what you ate that day, what did you eat before it, what's the temperature out. All of those things will affect how the cigar feels to you. But this cigar, the Casa Cuba, this is the, the Doble Six. Now, it comes in a... You can get it in in, in other sizes, right? They have a, a Doble Cinco uh, that you can get, which is a 5 by 50 so a little smaller, a little uh, less of a ring gauge. Might be a nice way for you to, to, to start more of a Robusto uh, kind of shape. This is, this is actually something that if you if you like
1: cigars, you're like, I want to just practice. This is a good one, but it also works as an everyday smoke. Well, I'll tell you something, too. Uh, not much maintenance on this bad boy. I, we have been, you know, we're, we're, we haven't been smoking this very long, but very pleasant, easy draw. Uh, I'm not worried at this point about it going out. I mean, it is, it, it the smoke... <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible from this thing, and uh, it's 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 definitely a cigar. I believe it should be in your humidor.
0: It, it is an easy draw. The draw is when you inhale. Remember, you don't you don't you're not you're not inhaling into the
1: lungs just into the mouth. You're toasting the palate. That's all that you're doing. Yeah, I just talked to someone recently who didn't understand cigar smoking. They're like, if you don't inhale it in your lungs, then why do it? Ah! They don't understand. No,
0: no, all the flavors of the palate. And then there's the concept of the retrohale, what you could do through the nose, thinking of all the, the flavors you can grab there. I will tell you that I do agree that the draw is easy, but it's because I'm talking, my burn is not as even all the way around, which is... That's an OCD annoyance. <laughs> Not necessarily something you should worry about, but over time make sure you're spinning your cigar. You're you're moving it a little bit as, as you're with it. This the Casa Cuba. Uh, you'll see it as Casa Cuba Florfina. And this is uh the uh, double sace. This is a nice, nice smoke. This is easy and, and when I Remember, it's me talking about it. I smoke up uh, for a living. All right, there's the nice spice there. There's the good smoke there. I think we're gonna see some sweetness kind of develop in in this uh, cigar. Uh, the the oily, oily, wonderful wrapper that's on here, and it's a beautiful, beautiful milk chocolate mm-hmm. when you see it. Um, right size for me. Right feel for me. Uh, this is this isn't in the humidor uh, kind of thing, and I do think you could give this to somebody who's at least smoked before. I, I, I have faith in that. This is Eat Drink Smoke. So they handed out some awards in Cigar Town. Eat Drink Smoke, Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. Good to be with you on Twitter. Go Eat Drink Smoke. And of course, you can get the podcast, Apple Podcast, write a review, leave a five-star review, eat, drink, smoke. Only hope that you do. This is the 2020 Cigar Trophy Awards. Now, full disclosure there are a bunch of awards and i never know like which ones are which i just think that with some of these they really did get it right that's why i like the list so much so they came out with uh, two uh, categories as or three categories as as i see it best brand best cigar and best value pretty interesting so best brand they went by um you know country basically dominican republic honduras and, and Nicaragua. I'm going to stick with those three. And in Dominican Republic, R- Dominican Republican, Dominican Republic, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos. And that is absolutely right. That's a fine, fine brand. A lot of things happening in that Don Carlos world that you can really and truly enjoy. Honduras, it was the Camacho Carojo, And in Nicaragua, it was the All of a Siri V. Yeah. I consider the Siri V to be, uh, it's not underrated continually exceptional smoke and we should do that review one of these days. I know you smoke the
1: O yes. uh, sometimes fingers. And it it's fantastic. I y I, I don't know if I've had the Siri V yet. The but. V is is the V
0: ruined me. I don't do the O or or I think the G is the other one. I don't do them. I do the V the V Melano. They're just so well constructed, so remarkably flavorful, so Perfect. There is never a moment where that's not the right cigar for, the, for whatever
1: you're doing. I had a Siri G the other day while I was grilling, and I put it on my, my, my Instagram there that the G st- stood for grilling, Tony. Oh, is that see, what you did? See what I did there? I see what uh, you did. How's yeah. your grill doing? Oh, Tony. I still don't have one. You need to get a grill. I understand you, you my problem. You need to make that a part of your life. Oh, here's the thing, too. If you're going to get a grill, now yeah. is the time. When I was in Texas, I stopped at a Walmart, and my grill- Stop. Let's just, let's just take a moment to take that in.
0: You went to Texas. You were in Austin. Yes. And you went to Walmart,
1: which I would make had, a great sponsor
0: of Eat Drink Smoke, absolutely.
1: by the way. absolutely. I had not one but two refrigerators in my hotel room, Tony, so I had to load up on uh, essentials. And so I went to the Walmart, and I just went by the grills just to see what was going on, what was happening. They have my grill there. I bought mine at Home Depot on clearance for $150 less than what I paid for it at Home Depot. I'm sorry. Now is the time. It's after Labor Day. But you do the whole
0: charcoal fed and everything else. Yeah, it's a
1: gravity fed charcoal smoker and grill, and it is is outstanding. The other night I made two-inch thick sirloin steaks, reverse seared for about an hour and 20 minutes, pulled them off at 120 degrees, cranked the grill up to 650, two minutes on each side, nice crust, and pink in the middle absolutely great I i'm doing i'm
0: thing. doing natural gas and i don't care if you think i'm weak don't leave me alone mm. i don't want it i just want the heat and make the but meat the, hot but
1: the heat it, all you have to do is pour the charcoal in and light it it's there's, already there's, too much it's it's, <laughs> it's it's more than i can take. And you can sit there and reverse sear smoke a cigar outside it's such a wonderful experience tony uh no
0: natural no. gas
1: Staked on the 20 minutes. I'm doing (laughs) it. Oh, good lord. uh, By the way,
0: I've been saying I'm doing it now (laughs) for nine months, and I still haven't done it yet. I'm still doing steaks on a cast iron skillet. And I got to tell you, you could do
1: I do love cast iron in a way that's irrational. I had a friend post a picture on social media the other day. His roommate tried to do him a solid and put his cast iron skillet in the dishwasher.
0: Oh no! No! No, I thought that was a joke. No. I saw that tweet. Yeah, yeah, at no. Fingers Malloy on Twitter. Yeah. You're serious? Yeah,
1: put it in the in the dishwasher. Hey, I did you a favor. I, I I used your cast iron skillet and I cleaned it for you. And then he opened up the dishwasher. And there it was. Well, that's a that's a pretty big paperweight. Uh, yeah, or a, a a pretty heavy weapon to smack <laughs> your roommate upside the head for putting it oh, in the dishwasher. Don't
0: do that. Don't even wash the thing. It adds to the flavor. What's wrong with you? (laughs) But the Ciri V is wonderful. Seriously, go out and buy that immediately from your local uh, tobacconist. Then they went into Best Cigar. Now, they they put Cuba on here, and it was uh, the Bahike, which, as I have been told, the Cohiba Bahike is the best cigar in the world. I have not yet smoked the Bahike. I cannot confirm nor deny, but I don't search out Cuban cigars. Right, It's just not my my normal uh, speed. From the Dominican, It was the Davidoff Grand Cru Toro. Okay, the Grand Cru really is an exceptional cigar. It's really, really solid. The thing is, you're not going to find it anywhere. Where we record at at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, and they've got locations in Nashville and in Houston and Pittsburgh, it's a Davidoff lounge by, by design. That's who they work with. So you can get them here, but it's not everywhere. So it is a cigar worth trying to find. But you, it, unless you have a good Davidoff dealer near you, you're not. It, it, it's just well, not in let every me cigar ask you shop. This.
1: Do you have a problem with cigars like that being on the list? Now, we a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, we had tried two cigars that we absolutely loved. Uh, I believe it was from Crown Heads, uh, the the Mil Diaz, the Mil Diaz, and then uh, the Luciano. The Dreamer. Um, the Dreamer. They were both fantastic cigars. The, the Mil Diaz is, is now available here at And Lengar in other cigars. places. Yes. Um, you can find
0: the Mil-Diaz. Mil Diaz. M I L. Second word D-S, I S thousand days mil D S. But uh, the Luciano, the dreamer, I've been looking everywhere and I can't find it. I just don't think Crown Heads has that in production yet. You should check that episode if you go to the podcast. Our conversation with the cigar maker
1: Luciano really fantastic. But you don't have a problem with a cigar being no best cigar if it's really really hard to find. No,
0: no, no. They they rank it best is best. That's all there is to it. On the Honduran side, they went with the Rocky Patel number six robusto. The number six is a solid smoke. It really is, and I got to. tell tell you there's been a lot of movement from Rocky in in my uh, view and a lot of good things i am remarkably remarkably pleased with what rocky does but i still tell you i am st- the, the 2003 cameroon vintage is one of my all time favorites the 1990 is such a great classic to me like it's a classic newborn smoke There's just something wonderful all the way around about the 1990. Uh, Now, it's funny. There's a 1990, there's a 1992. I prefer the 1990. Absolutely worth checking, but the Rocket Patel number 6, you should be able to find at your local tobacconist. Definitely worth it. From the Nicaraguans, it was the Perdomo ESV Imperio Sun Grown Box Press. Now, it's a funny thing about Perdomo cigars. When I first started smoking, I smoked Perdomo cigars. And then a strange thing happened where my palate changed... And none of them tasted right. And I was done with Perdomo. But I know that it's just like I say with the Arturo Fuentes. I need to bring myself yeah. back. Time to revisit. Yeah, absolutely, positively. Need, need to come back. And on the value side, from the Dominican, it was the La Aurora Cameroon. Again, anything Cameroon wrapper is going to get me uh, to dry it. Uh, and then from Nicaragua, the Padrone Classic Series. So that's the, I, I think they're referring to the brown label. There, you often see it. You've got a different level series, the 3,000, the 4,000. Padron's an easy smoke. I will tell you, for me, it doesn't fit a profile for me. Something about it, for me, is off. But everybody I know is always super happy when they've got a padrone. They're super, super happy with it.
1: What I've noticed, and I, and I can't remember if it's a 2000, the, the, the uh, Maduro wrapper on the Padron, I felt like the flavor was consistent throughout the stick; It didn't really change all that much, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, if that, that's all that matters. If you're not picking up changes, but it has a, a consistent
0: flavor profile, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I like the way that sounds. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. It is a review of the Casa Cuba uh, Double Sace cigar. It's, it's lovely. We've moved into the second, third here. And as I thought, it has sweetened up. It has sweetened up a nice, a nice touch. There's a touch of cocoa uh, going on in there. That spice has, e- has, has simmered on down.
1: Um, this, there, there's a cream in there, like, like a cocoa cream. Very, very pleased. Isn't it amazing how different palates React differently to to cigars. This, to me, the spice has not subsided at all. It's actually gotten a little spicier for me. Has it? Yes. Uh, But I'm getting the creams that I, I wasn't getting before but the spice is still very much there for me now nah, i'm i am i am enjoying it at 11 12
0: a stick mm-hmm. this is in your humidor especially if you want to kind of feel how some flavors go and and take your time with it this is a uh, a 52 by 6 nice size smoke and that wrapper is just oily oily delicious fingers my like
1: news of the week what do you got Well, Tony, uh, a couple of months ago, I was up in Michigan with my dad, and he had a hankering for an Egg McMuffin. Who doesn't? It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, well, Dad, no problem. They've got all-day breakfast at McDonald's. And I went there, and I found out that they had suspended all-day breakfast at McDonald's because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, Business Insider reported, just as of late September here, It hasn't returned. And Uh, I
0: told you there'd be foreshadowing, and here it is. There's a possibility that all-day breakfast is gone. And when all-day breakfast came into being, it was a mess, and stores were angry, and we don't know how to do this, and what are you crazy? And me, I could get an Egg McMuffin at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was the happiest man on planet
1: Earth. Well, if I remember correctly, you know— McDonald's sales, they were they were kind of struggling. And this was a real shot in the arm, Tony. When they first came out with this, I mean, everybody was, oh, what's it going to be like to have an Egg McMuffin at a drive-thru at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? And their sales went up. Uh, McDonald's released a statement saying, we removed all-day breakfast from the menu to simplify operations in our kitchens, which we saw provided better speed of service and order accuracy. But... No, they did it because they didn't want the
0: overhead and the people and everything else. I mean, that's, that, that has to be the answer. And not, I don't blame them. There are a lot of places that trim down menus to be able to just do the
1: basics so they could be more efficient, more cost effective. Well, but, but they're, they're basically kind of saying that it, a final decision has not been made, whether they're going to bring it back, which I'm just completely shocked by. Maybe maybe the franchisees were pushing back saying, we, we don't like this. It's too much. I mean that's the only thing I could think of because you would think corporate would love it, but we liked it. Yes, people liked it. So I'm not. How
0: could the franchise? I mean, I could. I, I take that back. I could see how the franchisee would be like. It's just there's just too much work involved in keeping everything going all day. But I, I, I think it was a winner. I think it worked for them, and I'd be sorry uh, to see it go. Still, the world's most perfect food, uh, and by the way, nutritious. But it's. it's as we have learned, we don't know what's going to come of of the world uh, of coronavirus. We don't know what their people are going to have to do to ensure they can make everything work the way they want it to and have bottom lines make sense. So this might be a casualty, which is just a dang shame. Well, speaking of things that if they would put a hash brown on the Big Mac, the hash mac, if they did the hash mac, I would order the hash mac and I don't and I don't eat the fast food. I would order the Hash Mac today. I look at a
1: Big Mac, and I think to myself, this thing needs more carbs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If we can only put a potato. (laughs) We put a man on the moon, but we can't put a hash brown on a Big Mac. Come on, Space Force. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, the coronavirus and its impact on business and customers, did you see this video on TMZ, Tony, of this woman who absolutely freaked out in in uh, the UK, she was going shopping and in many stores and in many grocery stores in the United States, they have the little arrow saying you can only go one way down an aisle. They're everywhere. And pretty much everybody ignores it. Right. You don't see too many people following the arrow saying, oh, this is a one way. I'm sorry. You must turn around. Well, this woman was called on it by clerks at, so this the clerk gr- said, "Hey, please follow the arrows." Yes, and she said, "Not only will I not do it, I'm going to destroy your store." She went into the wine section, and she just took three shelves, f- stock full of bottles of wine, and just cleared it. And there was red wine all over the floor.
0: I hope she does a hundred years in jail and hard time. I'm talking North Korean jail. <laughs> oh, I hate these people. Why? Why? What makes you? What makes her think, not why is she so angry? I don't know I, if I can help with that, but I want to go a step deeper. What made you think you were allowed to be so angry? What made you think that response was allowable? That you can say, I'm so offended by the rule of the store that doesn't belong to me that I'm going to rip product off the shelf and destroy it.
1: What happens to people? I think what, what what's funny about this is not only what happens to people but why does it take sometimes a long time for stories like this to catch fire this actually happened in may but this video finally went viral is that right yeah so think back in may there was just so much more stress about the the pandemic and people didn't exactly know uh how how deadly it was and and so i there was a lot of I know, anxiety and some people just crack and this woman clearly cracked under anxiety and and just just wrecked the place but we've talked about this previously Tony don't take it out on the store clerks i I don't understand don't You're take upset. it out on the store clerks but I gotta disagree
0: I I know people blame things on coronavirus I think a lot of this has been festering a lot of this has been festering in in the idea that there's this there's this way of thinking that says that your feelings not only matter but you're allowed to express them whatever happened to control your emotions yeah. something that my parents taught me that is like this this crazy cardinal sin I mean I I discussed this with with, with my kids. That you will be able to win the day if you can control your emotions. I've also discussed with them if you just show up to work five minutes early. Yeah. You will be running whatever that workplace is in three weeks. Right. That's all it takes. Showing up is half the battle. Showing up early? I mean, that's everything. I...
1: Listen, I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and speculate further because it, it's fun. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think a lot of this is social media driven. And what I mean by that is everyone is so outraged all the time. You know, it's just they, they look at, at, at Twitter and Facebook and they're, they're right. mad. They're angry, angry. And it's bleeding
0: over into the real world. And when you're angry on social media, you can do anything and say anything. And then you, you might be right that people take that into the real world. I mean, we've both dealt with craziness on Twitter. I'm at Tony Katz. You're at Fingers Malloy. I had a guy say he wanted to punch me in the face for something. What? If I don't like someone on Twitter, block, delete, ignore. I've got a life to lead.
1: The mute feature on Twitter has been a godsend for me. I don't like blocking people because I don't want them to have the satisfaction knowing that I block them. So I just mute them and I never see them again. And it's fantastic you think that's more satisfying i don't want to give them the satisfaction saying, aha i said i'm going to punch fingers malloy in the face and he blocked me that's too much thought into it
0: <laughs> i can't put that i know no i can't be like i'm gonna get over on you i just don't want to know you i just yeah. need you out uh, completely and it could be this woman the real problem
1: is she was off her meds honestly who knows well she was arrested uh she was arrested for criminal damage and public order Whatever that means. Uh, And uh, she has been surprisingly banned from the store. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking, but true. Anything else? Well, we talk about how this is the sweetest gig in in radio. Our gig is Eat, Drink, Smoke is the sweetest gig in radio. Uh, Anheuser-Busch wants to pay someone $50,000. $50,000. To be the chief exploration officer to travel around the United States uh, and posting photos at national parks uh, to the brand's social media accounts holding a Michelob Ultra, which, by the way, Michelob Ultra would be a fantastic sponsor amazing of the amazing Drink radio program. program.
0: So fifty grand to travel to the national parks with a beer. Yes. Are you allowed to bring a beer into the national parks? I think it's been done. Oh, it's been done? <laughs> that's, that's not what I asked. Uh, at all. That's fun. That. Finally. Finally, we, we have found something I'm willing to change <laughs> vocations to do. Can I do the show on the road? Sure. Then we're doing it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So I am a sucker for a good list. And this <laughs> is the kind of list where everybody gets to agree and disagree and start a war. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy, America's favorite amateur drinker. Be sure to get the podcast, Apple Podcasts. Write a review. Leave a five-star review. We're also on Google Play. We're also on Stitcher. We're also at iHeart. We're everywhere, Fingers Maloney. If you have a favorite podcast platform, we're there. That's how it works. Now, this right here is a list from Rolling Stone, which, all right, I may not be the biggest fan of, of Rolling Stone magazine these days. I don't read it like I used to. When I was a kid, I did read it. It's the top 500 albums of all time. It is the kind of thing that will d- break up families. Divorces come it's from ri- these
1: kinds of lists. It's ridiculous. 500? 500. 500. Who decided 498? You know, I think 499, uh, I understand that. But I don't know if 498 should have been at 498. I think it should have been at 500. Who comes up with this? Rolling Stone, apparently.
0: You're not the kind of music fan that's into it. I I like music, but I've never been a collector. I've never been, I got to have all the albums. I've never. I've never been that guy. I've never done those things. There are people who do it. They do it all the time. They just, they they love it. They adore it. They live for it. Live for
1: it. But before we dive into this list, I got to ask you something. Do you think this is generational? I mean, do you think that we're the, the Gen X folks? Do you think we're the last generation that really got into albums and and, and CDs? Because today, uh, do people they just electronically? download whatever songs that they like from an album and and a lot of people don't even know what album a song is on or a song is on you know what I'm saying it's like are people into albums do you think younger people like like we were
0: no I, I, I don't think so because I think that everybody is getting singles and aren't getting uh, getting albums I think that much is true but I think that what you have from this generation, is you have you have a whole bunch of I, I think, like not so good music, right? Yeah. I, I think I think that much is 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 true, um, at, at least at least for me it's, and I, and I don't want to sound like that old guy like like okay boomer, but there's there's a lot of it that sounds so absolutely positively, the same yeah you know in 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 the auto tune of it, but there they are there are consuming. They're consuming it, and, and someone's making money doing it. Someone, I mean, they're clearly making money. Yeah, there's, they're making money,
1: but I just don't know if the, the the album release is a big thing anymore. It's like, it, here's a single. Uh, come see us live when you can come see us live again. That seems to be the model now instead of we got a big album release. I I don't know. I it just doesn't seem the same anymore.
0: Well, let me let me share some of this list with you, and you and I'll start right here so you can decide to agree or or, or disagree. Uh, at number 62 is Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up in a way that makes me feel so good. Tell us, Fingers Malloy how Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, is not in the top 50. How is it not
1: in the top 10? Get, uh, lists, uh, th- This disgusts me in ways that you, you have no idea. By the way, uh, in, in my mind, everything... Uh, After Appetite for Guns N' Roses was crap. But uh, Appetite for Destruction is uh, an all time classic. And how it's not in the top 10, I want to throw my computer through the window. Remember, it's not
0: 10 rock albums, top 10 albums of all time. All music. Okay. Number 58, Led Zeppelin 4.
1: I can't argue with that. Led Zeppelin 4 is the
0: standard. The standard of rock and roll music. What are you kidding? And it's 58. And it's 58. Right? So let's get into the top
1: 50 here. Don't tell by me the way, and I Joe's in the top 20. 55, Dark Side of the Moon.
0: I, I don't know what to do with this. But 54 is Star Time by James Brown. So, I mean, they, they really went through it in a big way, and I'll have respect for that. Uh, here, uh, no, number 50. Where, where's my number 50? Good Lord, this thing is driving me crazy. I would love now. to know the age range of the people who came up with this list right? because number 50 is Jay-Z the Blueprint now I didn't grow up listening to Jay-Z but man a lot of people grew up listening to Jay-Z huge and important valuable to a whole segment uh, of America Outcast is 49 Bob Marley and the Wailers Legend is 48 now were you a big Bob Marley guy? I I went through my reggae phase and then realized wait a second I don't like this at all I don't like this at all (laughs) number 47 the ramones okay The Ramo- i mean not- and prince is at 45 was sign of the times like that's how i'm curious to see where the top 10 list is and i purposely didn't look i purposely didn't look at the top 10 so i could i could make decisions
1: for myself right uh, um yeah. go ahead uh, listen i i'm a big prince fan i'm surprised uh that isn't higher but i'm i'm biased if if purple the purple rain soundtrack isn't in the top 10 then i I, I, number 38 bob dylan blonde on blonde dr dre at
0: 37 with the chronic off the wall michael jackson number 36 wow so like this has got to be a a good list right number 30 Jimi hendrix are you experienced
1: (laughs) (laughs) you gonna be okay because the Beatles' White Album is number 29. I don't want to hear this list anymore. <laughs> I would rather drink a pumpkin spice latte than listen to the rest of this list. of. If, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to control my anger. I'm going to be better than that woman in Great Britain that wrecked the wine aisle at that grocery store. Number
0: 24, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I mean, this list is insane because number 23, Velvet Underground and Nico. Freaking Velvet Underground. Lou Reed, baby. Holy mackerel and crap and number 22 notorious big ready to die right you got to think of the totality here of music number 21 born to run bruce springsteen and most people have that in as as a top tenor overrated for for over over overrated. overrated overrated wow
1: bruce springsteen i said it overrated
0: wow number 18 is bob dylan highway 61 revisited Number seventeen, Kanye, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." It's it's an incredible, incredible, incredible list. But I want to get into it. I, I, I'm trying to find it. If 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 my damn scroll would work, the top ten songs or albums. top ten albums. And number sixteen is the Clash, "London Calling," and that was that was huge, absolutely, positively gigantic. Okay, here we go. Here's the top ten, right here. By the way, number twelve, Michael Jackson Thriller, didn't make top ten. Okay, I, I got to hear the top ten. If that didn't make the top ten, okay, it's 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 screwing with me. Hold on, I got I I got I got I to get there. I got to get there. You're so upset about so, Michael Jackson. I'm still
1: upset about like yeah.
0: Okay, here we go. Number ten, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. That was a huge album. That was giant. I I mean. I, I was a kid. I was 98. That was absolutely huge. Number nine, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Blood on the Tracks changed me, right? How did it change you? Uh, I'm a huge... I, I, I like Dylan. I like Dylan for, for the artistry of the words, not so much of the voice. Number eight, Prince in the Revolution, Purple Rain. Okay. Number eight right there. I can and live Number that. seven, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Oh, wait. How <laughs> angry are you? You can't just say nothing. Num- <laughs> I missed number seven. N- no, I guess. The- oh, number seven was Sleep with Mac and Rumors. Sorry. Number six, Nirvana, never mind. Don't have a problem with that. Number five, Abbey Road from the Beatles. That's fine. Number four, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. Stevie Wonder. That's good. Born's Aquarium's good too. Born in Saginaw, Michigan, by the way. Oh, look at you. Anything for Michigan. Hometown boy.
0: Number three, Joni Mitchell, Blue. That's that's heady. So the people who put together this list saw some things. They did a lot of listening right there. Number two, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds changed music. Beach Boys changed music. It can't can't be said uh, 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 enough. Brian Wilson changed the game. And number one, I don't disagree. It's Marvin Gaye, what's going on. I can listen to Marvin Gaye days, nights, weekends, all of it. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem, with number one. Nope. I have a problem with the list. It's the kind of thing where you have the problem with the list. We could spend an hour on this. The Casa Cuba, check it out for yourself. A fantastic cigar and the Blantons. If you can find it in the deep recesses of your liquor cabinet, this is Eat Drink Smoke.